Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I am your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by the new Prince of Dorne himself, <laughs> Preston Jacobs. Preston. Woo! Yes, Quentin is alive. Is that what that means? Because isn't it possible some other no, Dornish house? No, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But 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 a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute. Doesn't doesn't the title Prince imply that you're a descendant from of uh, Na- Queen Nymeria, which it, you know is a fe- is essentially House Martell. You know, not that there was a House Martell before Queen Nymeria came, but she married into the house, and therefore House, Mar- house Martell. House Martell became the Nemeros house as well. So does the Prince of Dorne imply that? Or do they just, I mean, it's the show, so they they don't know. So they just be like, oh, it's it's, it's Dane, whatever. So, (laughs) I love you, man. You're such a nerd. Uh, (laughs) Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Thrones podcast. Today we're going to be taking a look at Season 8, Episode 4, The Last of the Starks. As always... We're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider checking us out on those platforms. And if you do check us out on iTunes, then please leave us a review. It does help out a lot. Also, leave your thoughts and questions and comments down below. We may cover them in the next episode of the podcast. Yeah. So, Preston, episode four, your thoughts? Um, It was kind of like two episodes in one. There was a lot of killing time in the first half, and then the second half was just go, 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 go. Uh, shocker. The, the killing uh, time I can forgive because we just came off an entire episode that was in, like entirely battle. So yeah, no, I mean I get it. It was just it was just two such drastically different speeds that it didn't feel like one case of episode. It felt mm-hmm. like two distinct episodes. Well, they did want to, originally Game of Thrones was supposed to be like seventy episodes, but HBO yeah. wanted to cut that in half, and you know, yeah. So they wanted a season eight and kind of extend the whole thing, and I guess this is what we're we're getting. I guess we're paying for what HBO wants, or the fandom, in a sense, also wanted the shows to go into season eight. But we wanted season seven and eight to have ten episodes. They didn't want that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so the the episode. This I get flack for quote unquote being a show defender. I'm not, but even I can defend some of the stupid decisions in this episode <laughs> because they were fucking plenty. And I didn't even have, like, my Preston goggles on. Like, they were blatant as fuck. And we'll get into so, it, but go ahead. So my, so my wife my wife comes home. My wife doesn't watch the show, has never read the books. Um, she comes home and she's like, huh, you know, water cooler talk. She's like, somebody at work said, I don't understand why they don't put armor on dragons. Like, wasn't a dragon already killed? <laughs> And I was like, okay, yeah, no, that's that's true. And then I was thinking about them burning all of the armor at the beginning of the episode. Well, uh, well God damn it! Why do you force me to defend this crap? Um, <laughs> I would argue that the reason they don't put armor on dragons is because I guess it would weigh them down. Too heavy. I yeah, guess. I guess yeah. it would weigh them down. Like like having a normal person on top of that that dragon. That's like nothing. That's like a flea. But. Yeah. Like, armor would actually have to weigh it down for it to be effective. Otherwise, you're just putting paper mache on it. Yeah, I mean, in the book, uh, there's no need because armors, uh, dragons have, are, you know, their natural scales are very armored. Mm-hmm. And so the way to kill them is, is you know, through the eye. Um, Isn't George also, someone tagged me in something. That, like, George says, like, when a dragon is in flight, it's almost indestructible or something like that. 
Oh really? Just, yeah, I, I mean, I gotta go back. Which, to find which, it. you know, whatever. It's it's on the one hand, on the one hand, it's not very realistic to ever be able to bull, bullseye uh, a dragon in the eye like the Dornish did in their wars. Mm-hmm. So and so, you know, in a sense, there's a little more realism in, in in trying to hit a dragon with a ballista, you know. But the ballista stuff wasn't very realistic to start. But none, but I suppose you know hitting. Shooting an arrow and hitting him in the eye, kind of like you know uh, the the uh, bard, the archer from Lord of the Rings. It's just that's impossible. I mean, come on, it's such a small target. Do you think it would be more fair to have the tips of those ballistas be tips of the the bolts to be Valyrian steel? Do you think that would be a bit better? Oh, that yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Did you come up with that yourself, or did you steal that? I came up with that. My, what do you take me for? Some random Game of Thrones channel? No, of course not. I came up with that. My, no, that's that's myself. that's a brilliant. That's a brilliant idea. Well, they could have just had done they, that. I mean, you know, dragon scales. You know, are had hard. they had a throwaway line like that, mm-hmm. like, oh, we 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 tipped it with the sharpest of of uh, metals, Valyrian steel. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that w- that would have been something. Yeah, <laughs> did I come up with that a, myself? That's a good. That's a <laughs> good you. idea. <laughs> I love you. Don't patronize me, you fuck. Let's get out of here. But I, but I will say though, um, so this episode was better for you. Was it better than the last episode? Uh, it was for me, but I, I, a lot of people, a lot of people really hate this one too. I, I still think that this episode was was a train wreck. But episode three was such a disastrous train wreck that. That uh, and, and episode two is just such killing time that I did prefer this episode over episode two or three, though it was still really freaking messy and all over the place. I would argue this episode is slightly better than the last one, mainly because we could actually see everything, and mm. uh, which which is weird because I, I would argue that last episode had less stupid things than this one. This one has just blatant stupid things. Last oh, episode yeah. didn't have as many stupid things. I mean, this episode this episode is cartoonish. I mean, it's straight up cartoonish. Yeah. I, even I, even I, with all these HBO checks in my room, I can't defend that. So, <laughs> do you want to get into it now? Sure, sure. So we start off the episode with the funeral, and uh, someone. This, this is, this is. I, I love little details like this. I'm a little. De- I'm when it comes to little details, that's my shit. And I did not see Alice Carstark there, so I'm gonna go ahead and assume that the Carstarks yeah. are now the fourth extinct house, right behind uh, House. Bolton, Umber, um, Mormont, and yeah. Right. I mean, she was supposed to be defending Bran with uh, Theon. They they never showed her die, but I suppose it, it's like, well, which is worse? Like, her, you know, her appearing suddenly and people being like, whoa, how is she alive? Or her just dying off screen with, with no mention. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to see her die, you know, but uh, I guess, you know, I guess she died with Theon. We also see uh, a couple of people have survived. Everybody has scars on them. You know, Ghost lost an ear. Yeah, yeah. Ghost, look, Ghost looked good. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, he, he looked good in the sense that I think he was he was animated well. I would I would have liked to have him around more. This injured poor poor direwolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bronzion Royce did not have any scars on him whatsoever. I. Who knows where he was? Yeah, like like I. Like the crypts, I I don't know. I I, I want to say he went. He rode off before the battle even began, and then rode back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, I'm gonna go ten miles down the road, 
and then came back. But no, the the speech John gave was 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 fine. I I, I was cool with the whole funeral thing. I you know Daenerys giving Jorah one last kiss. Everybody putting you know just burning them, even though there's kind of no need. But uh, yeah, no. I mean they 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 clearly wanted some sort of visual. Um, I mean it looked fine. I I was expecting something of a larger scope. I mean if you're gonna CGI pyres, just CGI a few more. It doesn't take that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that much work but uh no i mean it visually it was visually it was very striking um you know it was a little peculiar that they were burning everybody you know but uh but i don't know like maybe they were just like uh just in case they animate again let's just make sure just, <laughs> or something just in case and um just in case after the funeral we go to the feast and the feast is where you know some good stuff happens we get tormund Getting drunk, talking up a storm. Did you notice the two wildlings he was talking to is actually Dave and Dan? Oh, no, no, really? Yeah, the two guys that that, uh, Tormund was like, I saw him ride a dragon. We all saw him. Like, the the two wildlings he's talking to next to Davos, those were Dave and Dan. Oh, God. Go back and rewatch it again and, like, pause it at the right moment. Not only will you see a Starbucks. I was too distracted by the coffee cup. There you go. (laughs) Apparently, it wasn't even Starbucks. It was just, like, a random coffee cup that was just there because whatever. And Starbucks got so much promotion from it. (laughs) They went back and apparently edited out the coffee cup. I haven't checked. Yeah, yeah, I haven't checked, but yeah, it's apparently edited out now. But we got some foreshadowing with Tormund saying, Who rides a dragon? A madman or a king? And, you know, Danny, she's just sitting there, feel isolated. This season has done one thing. And that is make me feel so fucking bad for this character. And and, and that's the weird thing is so, um, so there there, part of it is is part of its sexism. Part of it is the fact that you know there are some weird aspects to the Danny character, but the um, there's a lot of Danny hate out there. You know, just like there's a lot of cat hate and a lot of Sansa hate and. And, and, and stuff like that. But there's there's a lot of Danny hate out there, a lot of Danny haters. And for because of this whole Danny hate, there was this mad queen theory going around that wasn't really supported by anything in the book. Like Danny hasn't gone mad or anywhere close to being mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I one could argue that she 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 was a little off her rocker in, in a storm of swords, but then she came back and was pretty rational in a, in a dance with dragons. Um, and this is the first time where I see people going, ah, like, uh, how is Danny acting crazy? Like, why is everyone thinking she's crazy? Because she's not really acting crazy, you know? Right. Someone was telling me like, like this, is what they said to me, I'm reading here and we're supposed to buy Danny is mad because she wants to use her superior force to end the war in one stroke. Right, that she like she wants to use conventional warfare that everybody else uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else do they say? This is uh, this is warfare in a brutal medieval world. The Tywin sacked King's Landing completely unnecessarily. Eris was going to burn the whole city out of nothing but spite after he already lost. Cersei blew up the set, a holy leader and a beloved beloved queen, as well as hundreds, if not thousands, of innocents. And you know, but even but even before that, like even before they gave a supposed reason. For, for Danny to look crazy, which is, you know, attacking the city she's supposed to attack. They tried to make her look crazy in that banquet scene. And they had Varys looking at her going, oh my God, she's crazy. And she wasn't doing anything. She wasn't. Yeah, yeah. they, they, they changed the music and like did a close-up on her to like make her look, to try to make her look crazy. But she wasn't doing anything crazy. She was just sitting there 
looking at people. And and, and it's yeah. weird because the show is now making me defend this character that I've never really defended before. It's it's fucking weird because if you think about it, she has every right to be crazy. Everybody's whispering behind her. The moment the moment she lost like a dragon, she got pissed off and she wanted to go in there and just burn them all and Tyrion's like, "We can't. No, no, no." She just lost one of her like major major war assets and you're still telling her to hold off the attack come on bro right like not only that though but she was right about wanting john to keep it secret because the moment it's let out everybody's now whispering we should you know depose her and put in john snow or you could put it you could look at that banquet another way like varis is looking at her like oh my god this woman's crazy her best friend for years the person that traveled with her for years across esos died like, you know, like within within a day, like it hadn't been 24 hours. And, the you know, the closest thing she has to family, her closest friend and confidant is dead. I would say everyone gets a pass. Everyone gets a pass at that banquet because everyone everyone lost somebody close mm-hmm. to them. Um, but the fact that Varys could be sitting at the banquet going, oh, my God, that woman's off her rocker because she's staring at people <laughs> like God, give her a break. Give her a break. And I got to say, though, and, I, and we are getting a little ahead of ourselves, but this is the point I made in my review video. When Missandei dies, you could argue that Missandei was Daenerys' only one true friend that w- wanted friendship from Daenerys w- and with nothing in return. Like, if you think about it, mm-hmm. Jorah, Dario, um, even Barristan to some extent, wanted something from her before friendship. Jorah grew to yeah. admire and love her. Because, you know, she turned out to be a great person even back in earlier seasons. Dario grew to love and admire her. But first, those guys wanted to fuck the hell out of her. Let's be clear. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think that the, the two characters that really, truly believe in Danny are Grey Worm and Missandei. Pretty much. And, yeah. you know, um, they're the true believers. They, they understand that, you know, she she's the breaker of chains. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else, you know, they're trying to use her and manipulate her. And and um, or fucker, all of these things, but not them. You know, even Barristan to some extent. I mean, Barristan wasn't you know quitting his position as Kingsguard to go serve her. When he got let go and was offered a nice cushy retirement, he didn't want to. So the only thing he could do is go to Essos and try and live out his days as a knight, like he wants to, and- under the Targaryen banner. He wanted to use that name the Targaryen name, to be of some use still. Yeah, and, and you know, for Barristan, it's about his own honor mm-hmm. and, and, and crap like that. He was ready to he was ready to follow Viserys. But, and even for the Dothraki, um, that was about some sort of religious connection, like seeing the supernatural force. But Missandei and Grey Worm, they followed Danny before any of that, you know? It's not like... Well, Danny had to prove herself in a way. When Danny took out the Masters in in Yunkai, um, was it Yunkai? No, Astapor. When Astapor, she took out the right. Masters in Astapor, like she showed why she is badass and why they should follow her. And eventually, they did. But that grew into a friendship fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah, friendship and and believing her cause. Mm-hmm. I mean, freeing the slaves and and and, and revolutionizing Slavers Bay. I mean, they 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 owe their lives they owe their lives to her, um, and they believe in her. Um, they don't think she's some supernatural entity. They don't think that she's, you know, someone to fuck. They don't believe that she's a political tool to mm-hmm. get back Casterly Rock or, or kill her sister or whatever Tyrion wants. 
um, yeah, they, it, it's, uh, you, you can't say enough good things about uh, Missandei and Grey Worm. At least show <laughs> Missandei and Grey Worm. We, it, there's a lot more mystery when it comes to book Missandei. We're mm-hmm. not sure what she is. Um, uh, Grey Worm is pure in, in both book and show. Like, if there's one, if there's one character you don't question, it's, it's Grey Worm. Well, yeah. even still, like, people love to bring out the Randall Tarley thing. Well, she burned this guy when she could have taken him prisoner. Yeah, but like I said, and, and once again, I, I hate saying this because I always get called like a feminist douche or not or whatever. I'm not going to get into that again. But it is tough being a female in power in a medieval world where males are valued above all else and males are generally looked at stronger. If she let those guys go or even took them prisoner, she would kind of look as weak. Her word means a lot. And if you're not going to be willing to, you know, bow down when she's giving you every chance in the book, then, you know, she's, she's she has to look strong even in front of the other guys that bow down to her. She has to look strong. Otherwise, they're not going to respect her. And at the same time, Randall Tarley's an idiot. He fought for her father. Right. And we, we, and we shouldn't forget that the story opens with Ned executing a fairly innocent human being. Um, and you could say, oh, he was a Night's Watch deserter. He deserved to die. Did he? You know, he was scared to death. You could have listened to him. You could have brought him back to Castle Black and said, you know, he's got a story to tell. Something happened. Give him a second chance. No, let's chop off his head. Um you know, so Ned Stark is just as guilty, and yet no one sits around and, and, and says, "Oh, Ned Stark, the Mad Wolf." You know, no one does that. The Mad Wolf. <laughs> it's you know, the or, Maverick. or <laughs> right, or or Rob Stark, you know, executing executing Car Stark. No one ever says, "Oh, Rob Stark, insane." They might say, "Oh, that was that was careless and that was a stupid move mm-hmm. or that was too honor bound," but. You know, they'd never, they would never say, oh, insane. That's um, true. And there is, I mean, I will say there is a lot of sexism uh, when it comes to the word insanity. Uh, insanity gets associated with women more than it does with men. Mm. Um, men are allowed to kind of every once in a while, like, uh, lose their cool and be angry. And, and they might be called aggro. They may be called aggressive. But they're rarely called crazy. When a woman gets angry, it's like, up, oh, up, oh, she's nuts. She's crazy. My crazy ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that label gets the, the label of crazy gets put on women a little more uh, than men. And so, you know, it's one of the reasons I never really liked the Mad Queen theory. You know, like, is there anything really supporting it in the book? Not much. Uh, just I mean, just sprinkles ha- here and there. D- didn't you say before she? I don't. I don't even remember this part. Doesn't she say like, "Don't awaken the dragon" or something? Which is what her brother used to say. She does say that. Yeah, she does say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 like I say, in Slaver's Bay, she does execute a lot of people in Astapor, and she castrates some people in Marine. Um, and and it's it's pretty some it's some serious stuff. And then George R. R. Martin kind of dials back from it. He, he, I think he perhaps regretted that he went so far with it in A Storm of Swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, I mean, a lot might have to do with the, the supposed five-year gap. Um, uh, so originally, George R. R. Martin wanted a time jump. Um, time jump. Storm of Swords. Yeah, he wanted to end A Storm of Swords 
And then if you remember, A Storm of Swords ends with Danny in power Marine. And he wanted to uh, pick up the next story five years later. And the, uh, he realized like when he came, when he was writing everything, the five year, the five year gap, as people call it, would have been helpful for a lot of reasons. They would have picked up with Arya five years in at the House of Black and White. Mm. You know, they would have picked up with uh, John five years in as Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Um, but it didn't work with other things. It didn't work with, with um, the Ironborn and the Dornish and, and them needing to get to Slaver's Bay. Like, there were, you know, he'd already killed Balon in A Storm of Swords. So if he wanted to have the King's Moot and, people, and, and the Ironborn heading to Slaver's Bay, or if he wanted to have the Dornish and their planning, it wouldn't have made sense to have a five-year leap. Um, and so that's why uh, there's a lot of uh, sitting around for characters in, in A Dance with Dragons. John has to kind of sit around and do nothing at the wall. Danny has to sit around and do nothing in, in, uh, in Marine for, for a period of time. And then, you know, you get, you get this travel log for Tyrion because he didn't know what to do with him, you know, um, to, you know, once they remove the five-year gap. So you get a lot more of Arya's training and things like a that. A five-year but... gap, I think, would be too much. Maybe a five- to ten-month oh, yeah. gap. Oh yeah, I think it was a horrible idea to begin with. Uh-huh. But he he wanted he wanted it because his story was originally about. I mean, if you if you remember the original timeline um, that he wrote, you know, was about a love triangle between Tyrion, John, and Arya. Mm-hmm. So and things like that. Where Rob, Tyrion where wasn't Rob and, and uh, Joffrey meet each other in battle. Yeah, <laughs> and, and lots of, lots of lots of stuff like that. You know, would have would have gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, on his on his first draft, and he wanted the kids to grow up. He he had, he had made them so young, and then he wants them to grow up with a five year gap, and then they're they're ready to get married and and have sex and things like that. Right. And now now Arya's a little kid and stuck as a little kid in the book. Mm. <laughs> well, let's go back to the episode for a minute. Yeah, so, absolutely. And the feast, um, Gendry gets up to go look for Arya, and right there, Daenerys naturalizes him and names him Lord of Storm's End. And one of the first few people that toasts him is Davos of House Seaworth, whose house is loyal to the Baratheons of Storm's uh, Storm's End, as well as Brienne of Tarth. House Tarth is also loyal to them, so they both toast him. And this is where a lot of people got kind of annoyed. Um, apparently, the show made a made a made a made an error here. He's hmm. not Gendry Rivers; he's Gendry Waters. Right. Someone in the comment section of my video was fighting me on that. You're fucking stupid, bro. He's he's Gendry. Uh, He's Gendry Rivers, man. Actually, no, that's that's Riverland. He's he's either Griver, he's either Gendry Waters or Gendry Storm, mm-hmm. um, but certainly not Gendry Rivers. And was he even acknowledged? I know I know for a fact that John Aaron went out of his way to make sure some of Robert's bastards were taken. No, care of. no, in the book he's just Gendry because right. he doesn't know he's. So if you're if you're lowborn, you're lowborn. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get a you don't get a, a last name. It's only like, and it's funny of the contradiction. It's it's a highborn bastard, you know. That you have to have to, in order to get the to get the last name. You can't just be, you know, some random Joe. <laughs> to... So Gendry is just Gendry. Well, originally you know? it was Wyla, who was John's mom, you know, and she's lowborn, so he was still given the last name Snow. Right, but Ned, but Ned is highborn. Mm-hmm. 
so one of your parents has to be highborn, right? You know, significant enough or acknowledge them. Yeah, to acknowledge perhaps might be the better word. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you're lowborn, no one cares about you, so you just you just have a name. Here's Gendry. I mean, you 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 know that's that's how he is in the appendix. It's very different than Edric Storm, you know. And throughout the feast, you know, we have some characters messing around. Tyrion, Jamie, Brienne, and Podrick are playing that drinking game. And uh, one thing, one thing I noticed is that everybody's so fucking horny after this fight. But apparently, <laughs> someone pointed out to me in the comment section of my video that those ladies walking around trying to get with Tormund and uh, Podrick and trying to get with the Hound, those were Sansa's women. Sansa learned from Littlefinger on how to get information. And if you notice, when that woman was trying to get with the hound and he buzzed her away, Sansa came over immediately and was trying to figure out what he planned on doing, trying to have a conversation with him. She learned all this from Littlefinger. So you're, you're saying that they're spies. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you get, how, that's how Littlefinger got information, you know, through brothels and whores. And that's what mm. Sansa is kind of trying to do in the North. She learned from Littlefinger, and she also kind of learned from Cersei to never really trust anyone. I mean, it's an interesting theory. Uh, so there is there is a little inconsistency in the, in the in the the scene that I didn't understand because Tormund, some girl says says I'm not scared of wildlings, and then Tormund goes to off have, goes to off to have sex, and then and later then he comes Tormund. back and says like, you know, I don't think they like me here. Right, and you're like, dude, you you just got laid supposedly, or did or did you not get laid? You know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily buy the spy uh, explanation because we know that that Podrick had a three way, and there's no reason for Pod to be having a three way if these girls are spies. Right. Yeah. That's just something someone pointed out to me, which is which is kind of clever. That's kind of what I want for the Sansa character for her to come into her. Oh, own. I think that makes a much better story. I just don't think. They did it. Yeah, you, you just think it's a wishful thing on someone else's part. I just think it's everybody gets laid, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's it. And uh, yeah, no, the feast was cool. Um, the one part that I was really kind of awkward with was Jamie and Brienne. I mean, it's it's been it's been a, coming on for a long time, but I just I just didn't care. I mean, whatever. Yeah, it, was, it was odd. I mean, with with the current writing, I. I I don't know if there's the same sort of sexual tension and sexual chemistry that we saw in the earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, Jamie kind of walks in there and doesn't make eye contact and starts pouring the drinks and he's just like, you have to drink. And then, you know, there's not, I guess I, 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 guess I was expecting some, some longing stares or something. Right. You know? And and let's just knock these two characters out of the way. Later on, Jamie is a guest of the Lady of Winterfell on Brienne's... Uh, uh, <laughs> I just love the side eye Sansa gives Brienne. And uh, as we see throughout the, uh, what is it, weeks from... Uh, from Danny's retinue traveling from the north to Dragonstone, uh, Jamie yeah. and Brienne get it on pretty regularly. And towards the end of the episode, we see Jamie going back to King's Landing, and he tries to give her an excuse that he always goes back to Cersei no matter what, no matter what happens. But I guess the show was trying very hard to make you think that Jamie was just going to turn sides again, but he's really just going to go there to probably kill her. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, so book Jamie is definitely definitely conflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he definitely like, even though he rejects Cersei by burning the letter, he still thinks about going back to Cersei the next chapter. Um, so, you know, it could be that show Cersei is, or show Jamie is conflicted as well. 
I mean, he, he, he's just on the fence still, I guess. I feel like he's idea. made his decision and that he's going to go there to try to put a stop to her one way or another. I don't think maybe maybe he won't kill her because it feels like that honor is going to go to Arya. But um, yeah. no, I it's think, just... I, I think, think the problem... I think a lot of people had a problem with, with Jamie, um, you know, doing a 360 because they, you know, they, they put a, a whole bunch of faith in this redemption arc story. And the show really did you know, push the redemption arc thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like he, you know, he's going north to fight this noble battle and, you know, he's 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 being all chummy with Tyrion and he's he's um, getting with Brienne. Yeah, like, it sounds like he's already seems, made his decision. Yeah. Um, perhaps if they had spent a little more... T- we can't see inside his brain. So perhaps if they had a little more time... You know, of him, you know, t- talking with Tyrion about, you know, oh, I, you know, I do still love Cersei or something, or sometimes I think about going back to her or something. You know, a little more hint of that rather than it just being all at once. Well, I felt the show tried to did like a, a very awful job of ma- trying to make us pretend, t- trying to make it seem like Jamie's going to go back to her in general to be by her side. No, he's he's done. With, I feel yeah. like he's done with Cersei, but um. That night, we also get a conversation between John and Danny, and uh, I really like that that scene between them. It was one of the better scenes between John and Danny I think I've uh, I've seen so far, where she's trying yeah. to desperately get him to like keep his mouth shut. I mean, I'm yeah, I, I it's true. I I'm, I'm we're all still surprised that they're not talking about marriage. I mean, thank goodness Tyrion finally brings it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's rejected for for stupid reasons, but wait, why is it rejected least... again? Varys is convinced that the North wouldn't accept an aunt-nephew marriage, and he thinks that um, she would just bend him to his to her will, and she would never accept co-rule. Does does the North really have any men left over to fucking complain about it? Like, let's just think about I mean, it like that. Well, that that that's the one thing. It's like. <laughs> Come on, they 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 accepted Ramsay Snow as their lord, you know. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> and even if the truth was 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 put out about John, he still has Stark. So at least there's a Stark on yeah. the throne. Right. Not to mention historically, there's never ever been a a Lady of Winterfell, mm-hmm. uh, and there currently is. So you know, so th- th- there's not yeah there's no there's nobody left to complain and. They're accepting a whole bunch of other crazy stuff, so right. why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, it's John. You know, especially if you find out he's a Targaryen and he, that he rides a dragon, and you know, and he came back from the dead, and came back from the dead, and he and he defeated the Night King. I mean, pretty much at that point, Jon Snow can do whatever he wants. I mean, he could marry he could marry himself, and the North would be like, fine. <laughs> you know, he could he could marry ghosts, and everybody would be like, I. He, he destroyed the Night King. I just let him. You know? Well, well, Varys said it, said it himself. Like John is a war hero. It mm-hmm. may, maybe not in the other realms, but he is definitely a war hero in the North. Uh, whatever he did, yeah. I mean, they what, what are they going to do? They're going to challenge the guy who came back and fought the Night King twice, wrote, rides yeah, a dragon. I mean, Varys's argument is horrible. It really if is. If it were the if 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 it were the book, I'd be like, oh, he's got he's up to something. Mm-hmm. He's trying to manipulate Tyrion. But it's the show, and I'm just like, oh, he's an idiot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any like his arguments are horrible. 
But and and Danny has a, has a very good point. Once again, the show is making me really defend her. Like the the show is trying very hard to make her look desperate and petty and crazy, but it's just coming off kind of flat for me. Um, she has a very good point. In Westeros, it's it is the men who rule over, and women are usually cast aside when it comes to these types of positions. She has a good point, mm-hmm. and all he has to do is keep his fucking mouth shut. And then in the very next scene, he's telling Sansa and Arya. Well, to be fair, Bran is telling it. Yeah, like <laughs> the very next scene, like bro, just shut the fuck up. You don't have to say nothing. Just right, and it doesn't. It, the, the, and I and I went back and I like I like listened to the transition of argument and how it got there, mm-hmm. and it was horrible because it's like it's like we don't like Danny, and he's like, well, why? And he's like, he's she's not one of us, and he's like, well, if you if you only make friends with Starks, like you're not gonna have too many friends, and they're like, we don't need friends. And you're like, what kind of, what, what? Like, and then he's like, he's, and then he's like, the, you know, we're the last of the Starks. And then he's like, there's something I need to tell you. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They just said that they hate Danny for no reason. And now you want to give them like information that can harm her. It was just, it was boneheaded. Not to mention, th- actually, I'm wrong. Th- that This is not the very next scene. The next scene is them doing the war room plans. And then uh, John mm. sticks up for Danny. And, yeah. you know, like, Sansa's like, well, everybody's exhausted. But, well, and John's like, well, no, no, we're going to commit, make, you know, keep to our commitment. He's defending Danny, And then in the next scene, he does something that specifically harms her in a way. If it got out. If one of them blabbed. Yeah. Like, I feel like Arya doesn't give a fuck. But Sansa, he knows Sansa doesn't like Danny. And I, it, it, it's weird that there's the three of them. Because it makes it look like, you know, Bran, Arya, and Sansa got together. And we all decided we didn't like Danny. <laughs> you know, which doesn't make sense on the brand part. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know, did they just, did they just roll him out there for some reason? Like, how is he part of the conversation? Well, they're having a family meeting, and even though he's robot, yeah. part robot now, he's still family, I guess. So, <laughs> but but what Arya said, I have to, I have to kind of defend what Arya said because it speaks to the northern, the northern. I don't want to call them naive, but it, it speaks to just how. Mm, you you've been I, I'm trying not to insult certain people here, but you've been to certain parts of the of the U.S. where like mm. they they're they're not trusting of outsiders. It's it's like you know they're sure. only trusting of their own. It's mostly places in the South where they don't like anybody yeah. from like any other state. They just you know you know hold true to their own. The North is kind of like that. They're they're way more closed off and they're way more you know. I'd say I'd say I'm, I'm gonna ins- I'm gonna insult a state. I'd say Mon- like people from Montana, mm. they they have a problem with outsiders. Montana. I, uh, I was gonna say I, I, I was gonna say Tennessee. I've had that problem in Tennessee. But go ahead. Well, well, I mean Montana's a it's a beautiful state, but but when I went there, I, I used to go camping there a few times, and mm-hmm. it's funny because you you roll into town and and people are like, you know, you're just in some shop and some dude comes up to me and he's like he's like you're not here to buy fishing license, are you? And I was like, well, I don't know, no, I'm just buying stuff in the shop, you know. It was very, very weird. And, and, and it's funny because my, my brother-in-law is from uh, Montana. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I asked him about that. And he's like, ah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're very local. And, and uh, you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not exactly a place where, you, you, you know, you welcome people in and, and, and have them for, over for dinner. But I would say that there's some places in the South that are very welcoming. Um, it, it just, I think it just all depends where. Right. You know. and, well, it's that northern mentality, and and we see it on display here. The North has always kept to themselves. They're they're super huge, 
and they could definitely, definitely make some waves. But throughout history, they never really have, if you've noticed. Like, they've always kept to themselves. They've always done their own thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense in, the, in that, you know, the North has their own religion. They're geographically uh, isolated. They, they have a very different um, uh, uh, po- situation with population density, very different weather. I mean, there's a lot to separate the North culturally from the rest of the Seven mm-hmm. Kingdoms. And whenever any conflicts start in the North, it gets ended in the North by Northern people. I mean, there have been multiple times a king beyond the wall has formed and Stark forces, together with the wall, have held them back or, or fought them off. Right, right. Now, of course, all of this falls apart when we start thinking that actually the army is mostly wildlings and veil lords. But, um, but assuming that they've all suddenly been transformed into, into northerners, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> but uh, no, I just thought John was a douche for like going right in there and telling Sansa. And he is still part Stark. He really is. Like Lyanna was a Stark. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand like where they're coming from. Like is, are they, is he really like holding his father's uh, blood more above his mother? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It all doesn't really make much sense. They really are the um, last of the Starks. He is part Stark. Yeah, he may not yeah, be part Ned be... Stark, but he is part Stark. Right, but are they all buying into the sexism? <laughs> like, oh, who cares about Lyanna? Yeah. And we glossed over um, one scene during the, the the night of the feast with Arya and Gendry. Do you have anything to say about that? I just find it hilarious. Someone in my comment section said, "You know, truly his father's son. The moment he becomes a full fledged Baratheon, he's rejected by a Stark girl." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. No, I mean, it was obviously a little anachronistic, but, you know, I Gendry was insane, but, of course... Um, he's in love. You know, he's in love, and people that that aren't very experienced with uh, re- with relationships can, can do crazy things mm-hmm. like that, you know? And, and you know, Arya is probably, is like no other woman, um, so he, he's, he's probably... Uh, you know, not used to that. Not used to that situation. You know, some something happened that, that really, you know, got him excited. And he was, you know, once he became a lord, he was, you know, probably in his head, he's like, "Oh my god, like this is perfect. Like, I'm a lord. She's a lady. Like everything, everything fits together." Mm-hmm. You know. And I will say to close out the northern stuff, the war room scene. We had a lot of interesting information there that I feel as though is not being used. There's a new prince of Dorne, whoever that is. Mm. It could be another Dornish house. It could be a distant Martell cousin or whatever. But we should start seeing, like, many of the major lords who are still left alive, like Edmure Tully, Sweet Robin. We should start seeing, you know, the new Prince of Dorne. Yara Greyjoy retook the Iron Islands. Great, with your skeleton crew. But all it takes is Euron to come back and fuck up everything you have again. The only reason yeah. he's not is because Cersei needs him in uh, Blackwater Bay to hold off against Danny. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, it's like a weird position. The Seven Kingdoms, you're not, we're not really seeing much of the Seven. We're just seeing, like, well, three. Yeah, that's the funny thing, because uh, one argument that, that I saw somebody make was, was you know, when Danny said, oh, my, my, my foes are, are, are getting stronger, and then, and then somebody's like, wait, they just said that, like, the, she got the Dornish and the Iron Isles back. It sounds like she's getting strong. Like, it sounds like Danny's getting stronger. Mm-hmm. But then again, once... I mean, Danny proved to be correct as Cersei had spent the time building 
all this new technology and, and getting the golden company. So I would say that, no, I mean, Cersei is getting stronger. Um, I mean, more time, more ballistas, right? And, and you know, who knows? And, and let's, um, let, let's close out the northern stuff as well. So we say goodbye to Tormund, and he's going to take his people back through Castle Black, back up north. Now, I understand they were trying to leave, you know, the northern area because of the White Walkers. That threat is over. John gave them the gift so they could farm because Mance Raider wanted mm-hmm. a better life for his people. They're going to go back to a frozen wasteland. Well, he did say that he would go after the winter snows have passed. And so I made the joke, oh, in like five years. So he might be chilling. I don't know where they're chilling. I guess chilling in the new gift mm-hmm. or something. But, um, you know, he's... And then I, I started weighing it. I was like, okay, well, Tormund, he could have probably stuck around and maybe been, been given a, a lordship. But then again, if he goes north of the Wall, that entire area is depopulated. He, he controls... He controls something the size of a continent, you know. That's, it's something the size of, of a area. continent that's a frozen wasteland. Like, like I don't know how it would no, feel if well, someone gave me I mean, control in the, the sh- desert. You're, okay, you're right. You're right that in the show they made North of the Wall much more of a frozen wasteland mm-hmm. than it is in the book. Um, they go North of the Wall and it's freaking tundra, and you're like, whoa. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be. I don't know how anyone lives up here at all. You know, <laughs> they. they but really, you know, there, there should be areas with trees and wilderness and stuff like that. Well, yeah, of but, course, when, you know, the, 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 the snow melts, but it's still like a frozen wasteland for a good chunk of it. Let's be clear. And they could be given the gift to farm. Not only that, though, but if you think about it, serving House Lannister is definitely the, the best way to go. Cersei is giving Bronn fucking River Run for just assassinating two people. Joffrey gave um, the... Um, the city a city watch commander guy Harrenhal like these yeah. they're they're being rewarded every other minute for doing like basic stuff. John doesn't even offer to give Tormund a castle or anything at all actually, and there are castles to populate. I mean you're right. There's plenty of castles to populate. Um, Tormund did so much for him, mm-hmm. so much. I mean he fought he fought <laughs> he fought both the Battle of the Bastards, bringing in wildling forces. And and then at the uh, at at the the against the others against the White Walkers. I mean, he he he's owed a lot. Yeah, he's he's he fought he three major conflicts: the Battle of Hardhome, the Battle of the Bastards, and he's also fought uh, the Battle of Winterfell. And he survived right. all three major battles, both of which he he also fought Castle Black though on the other side. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about with John. Sorry, yeah. All three battles yeah, were a with, losing for, battle with and for John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was all it was all a losing battle. So, and, and they, he still came out on top. He survived through everything. The motherfucker should be given at least two castles. That's all I'm saying. No, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even, and if John, even Sam should probably be given something if he, if he doesn't already have, uh, uh, um, Horn Hill. Horn Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, really. I mean, there's, there's so few northerners and, and so much land. That right. Every, it's, it's like, you get a castle, you get a castle, you get laid, you get laid. Everybody's getting castles and getting laid in the north is what, is what should be going on. You could argue that it would be like a, like a major, major slap in the face to the northerners because they're, they, they're, they're, they're known to history. They, they know exactly what the wildlings are. And if, what, what, is, what castle is going to give them? Like Carhold, Last Hearth? Those, those, those are the two main northern strongholds 
that have to deal with yeah. wildlings. If, if if John gave Tormund, Carhold, or Last Hearth, I mean, not only would he have to redecorate, but he would also have to contend with the the rest of the Northerners who are alive that have contempt for him. Well, I mean, if you want, I would put him on Bear Island. Give him Bear Bear Island, and then they're just kind of off with themselves. True, true, or Skagos. Skagos hasn't really made much of an appearance. For all we know, it could be, like, deserted land. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you've got the Dreadfort. I mean, so many. Carhold, See, the Dreadfort the Dread is Fort. the only castle that I want to know what happened to. Bolton Lands, I want to know what happens to Bolton Lands. Like, like right. if I was in, on the writing team, I would have Sansa purposely go out of her way to destroy the Dreadfort and, like, just sprinkle salt all over the place so yeah. nothing grows as a monument to what happened. Kind of like what, what Tywin did with uh, Castamere. With House, House, yeah, uh, but... House Rain. And then, um, by the way, uh, it's funny. You know, that uh, salting fields is not really a thing. Oh, no? <laughs> Where nothing no, grows? I mean, I mean, salt washes away after, like, one rain. Mm. I mean, you can salt a field. You can salt a field and, you know, maybe the crops will die. And then it's going to rain, and then the salt will wash away, and then everything will start growing. You know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. No, no, I do. I do. It's like the old myth of, like, Carthage. And they even use it nice and fire. But it doesn't make any sense. You know, like, like uh, they, they talk about how, like, oh, they, they burned and, and left, left all this ash in the, uh, in, you know, in, in Slaver's Bay, and so nothing was able to grow anymore. And you're like, well, ash is a fertilizer. Why would everything stop growing? Like, <laughs> so, whatever. But the, um, but yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a lot of land up there. Plus, like House Glover, kind of can also be punished for for not showing yeah, up. It's true. Someone someone told me Lord Glover was in the feast hall. I didn't see him, but oh, I. Oh, that was a ballsy move on Lord Glover's part. I would give this episode a 10 out of 10 simply because this is probably the last appearance of fucking Sam and Gilly, and I'm so goddamn sick of these two. <laughs> so fucking sick of these two. Well, what were they doing? Like, what's their future? I don't know. What, what about Heartspan? They're not heading, they're not heading south. Did, did <laughs> Sam have Heartspan with him? I, I mean, I hope they didn't burn it with Jorah. Oh, God, that'd be so fucking dumb. <laughs> that'd be so stupid. Um, I'm trying to look for it now. Uh, I'm trying to look for it right now real quick. Uh, like, is it on his belt? Was it on his belt? And I, and I thought they were going back to Hornhill. Mm. If they were, they'd be going They'd be going the same way as John. So wh- why would they be saying goodbye? Maybe they're going back up to Craster's Keep. <laughs> Maybe Gilly wants to go home. God, I fucking hope they go back to Crasher's Keep and get killed by a polar bear. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we also we also see John do the, doing the biggest dick move ever. Not even petting ghosts before he goes. Like you could you could spare the oh CGI God. budget for that. It's horrible. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, you're my best friend, Sam. Immediately look over at Ghost and then don't even pet him. <laughs> oh God. It just doesn't. It's just so bad. It's like you have a. You know, he's supposed to have a telepathic connection with this. With this. Wolf. Not in this show. Not yeah, but still. Mm. Not to mention, like the the whole like goodbyes for Tormund, Gilly, Sam, and, and Ghost, is basically the show trying to get these people out of the way as much as possible, so they could focus the the majority of the budget on the last two episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Uh, also, so, yeah, it, it was it was essentially goodbyes. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Sam and Gilly ever again. I mean, we'll probably see Sam again. I just hope not fucking Gilly. If, if, if they I have mean, a, like, a, think... like a uh, epilogue, we'll probably see Sam and Gilly raising their second kid. 
I mean, okay, they, we might see Sam because Bran needs somebody to freaking exposit to, mm-hmm. right? Like, who's he going to talk to? The last scene of Game of Thrones will probably be a Bran scene. Isn't the first opening scene of Game of Thrones, besides the, the, the Rangers getting fucked up, isn't it a Bran scene? Yeah, it's a Bran chapter. Mm-hmm. But it's actually the first chapter George R. R. Martin wrote. Right. It was Bran one. So, it might be a, we might end it. Um, with with Bran, maybe you know, telling us what happens after the final, final, final battle. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you I had a dream last night? Mm. That and I swear, the dream was uh, Arya stabs. This is how nerdy I am. Is I've been starting to fucking dream about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Arya stabs Cersei with the same knife that she killed the Night King with, and she thinks she's dead, and so she leaves. And then Cersei opens her eyes, and they're blue. And she becomes a white walker. <laughs> Isn't that a horrible thing? Like, I don't know why that, like, that, like, like, that vividly came to mind. Like, or in this dream. You like, can't see me right now, but I'm glaring at you. We both know what happens when you make these <laughs> premonitions. They come true. You better shut your mouth, sir. <laughs> like, it would be such a, it would be such a stupid thing. And you know the show would do it because, once again, you fucking predicted exactly what Arya would do <laughs> last season. But you shut your mouth, sir, about these predictions. You calm the fuck down. Maybe yeah, you're having green yeah. dreams or something. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if somehow the essence of the Night King was transferred into oh that dagger God. and then gets transferred out of it when she stabs Cersei. Oh. Jesus Christ. Speaking of Arya, by the way, I'm glad you brought her up. Uh, Arya and the Hound are traveling together again, probably for the last time, and they're going down to King's yeah. Landing. I'm going to go ahead and assume once King's Landing gets in... Gets all chaotic with battle. They're probably going to try and sneak in. He's going to go face off against the Hound, and she's probably going to go look for Cersei. Everybody's expecting right. her to kill Cersei, but if you notice, Danny's eyes were pretty green this episode. Yeah, I mean, everybody expects... This is the problem. Everybody expects Jamie to kill Cersei, and everybody expects Arya to kill Cersei, mm-hmm. right? Cersei is the last name on Arya's death list. Well, I mean, Illyn Payne, but they forgot about Illyn Payne. They brought him off. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, he got the, the actor got cancer and then survived the cancer and then they decided not to hire him again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But nonetheless, like Arya, like she the name Ellen Payne, like was she stopped saying his name on the death list. She just kind of was forgotten. She hasn't said her death list in forever. But all right, let's get the fuck out of the north. Let's get to Dragonstone. And for some reason, uh what's that guy's name? Uh, David Benioff? Uh-huh. Wants to argue that <laughs> Danny just forgot about Euron's fleet. And to be fair, whatever happened to Scouts? This is what really kind of annoys me about this episode. Whatever happened to Scouts? Remember back in season one when they when Rob Starks and Rob Stark's forces caught a Lannister scout? And he's like, how, how you it looked like he was counting. How far did you get? Twenty thousand, your grace. Uh, like like we we they used scouts before. Scouts are a thing, and nobody's using any scouts whatsoever. And in fact, for episode one of season seven, you also predicted this scene. You said yeah. that, wouldn't it be great if, like, because da- remember episode one of season seven, Danny gets off the boat and she just walks into Dragonstone. And you said, wouldn't it be funny if, like, Cersei sent an assassin there hiding behind a rock with a crossbow? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the best. No, but the scene, this I, I predicted the, um, the entire, uh, I predicted a ship bound ballista and them hiding behind an island and them uh, sneak attacking 
When did you predict this? So in my in my um, fixed series that that I did about uh, what I would have done differently to make Game of Thrones like start in the same place and end roughly in the same place. So I, it's like, well, we needed to have like Danny's fleet destroyed. So I was like, I was like, well, rather than it just being this random thing with 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 uh, Theon and and Yara, I was like, why not have it? They leave <clears throat> Dragonstone for King's Landing, and then hiding behind, um, uh, um, shit, the other island next to Dragonstone, um, uh, 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 where 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 the Valarians are from, of uh, Driftmark. The um, hiding behind Driftmark would be Euron's fleet, and he would have a ship-mounted ballista, and he would. Their whole their whole fleet would sink. Danny's fleet and the ballista would would freak out Danny, and she would flee, allowing like uh, the fleet to be destroyed. And right. then they would kill they would kill Grey Worm. Ooh. And that was my um, and 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 to put it in the same place, I would say capture Yara. And so roughly the same thing happened, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was they were hiding behind the island. They 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 shot their ballistas. Like Danny got freaked out and fled. The fleet was sunk, and they didn't kill Grey Worm, but they captured and killed Missandei. Yeah. So it was it was almost the same fucking thing. <laughs> um, it was pretty amazing. It's actually. pretty amazing. You could be a writer for Game of Thrones. Right. I mean, some people are like, "Dude, do you think they saw your video?" I'm like, "No, no, they didn't." But it's just a coincidence. You could be but... a writer, whether that's a compliment or an insult. Uh, take it however you want. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, that was kind of dumb. I like how Benioff knew people would get annoyed, so he goes, "Well, you know, she forgot about it." I mean, did she? It's that. I mean, it was really stupid. So at least in my in my, you know, creation of that scene, that would have been the first time that Danny was sailing and didn't realize that there was an Iron Fleet, mm-hmm. and she would have been ambushed. This is the third time her fleet has been destroyed by Euron. Like, I don't know how she keeps getting fleets, but it's the third fucking fleet to be destroyed. Like, I would have loved it if like, she had a just, pact with Salador's son, and this is the third time his fleet got fucked up, and he just quits. <laughs> like, it's just... Like, at that point, just be like, okay, look, we... I mean, they should have <clears throat> they should have known that they don't have any power on the water, so don't go on the water. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really dumb. Really, really dumb. Well, to be fair, though, I mean, she could have just, <laughs> I, I put this up on my Twitter and, and Instagram, she could have just flown around them and attacked them from behind. Because the ballistas can't really turn that way, or otherwise they'll, they'll risk yeah, right. destroying the mast. Yeah, that's, that, that's a very good point. And a lot of people were like, well, that, those ballistas are far too strong. They're like blowing up ships in the water, like more than cannonballs and... Not really, not really. The, the I mean, cannonballs would, would do more devastation, but the, I feel like the ballistas did enough devastation. Yeah, I mean, they were they were pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Now, it is really weird that that they're able to pinpoint and kill um, uh, uh, Rhaegal. Rhaegal, and then when she turn, comes about and starts flying right at him, and she's much closer... They somehow miss her, but when they, when they shot, they went one, two, three, got three right into Rhaegal and then like 20 fire at her and they all miss her. Mm. 
But you could argue that maybe the first time they were trying to get her, but they got Rhaegal instead. And they and, and they were, I, I guess you could also argue that they were kind of flying and, and they were, hmm, I'm trying to defend it. Give me a minute. Let me think about this. Well, uh, they, they do say that there's there's a, a phenomenon in, in war where people don't actually want to kill somebody else. And so they're, they're, they're subconsciously like missing, mm-hmm. you know, because they actually, but at the same time, like, Euron doesn't seem like one of those people. <laughs> he really doesn't. No, he really doesn't. I I would also want to argue that maybe he's just trying to kill Danny and not Drogon because he wants that dragon for himself. That would be that's an inter- yeah, that's an interesting idea. Because isn't that what he wants in the book? He wants Danny to blow on that horn so the dragons will be under his control. Yeah, that would be something to have a dragon for himself. Mhm. I mean, hmm. he'd be the ultimate like king of the seas and and the skies. It just oh, yeah. Cersei can have yeah. the land, I guess. <laughs> What's left of it? Right after Danny loses her 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 dragon, Varys and Tyrion again are having that conversation about like you know we Varys is is flip flopping on his allegiances. He he was banking on Danny, and she loses a dragon and starts to get really pissed as well as she should. And all of a sudden he wants to switch and maybe perhaps put Jon Snow on the throne. Yeah, but he was doing it before that. He, I mean, they had the same conversation twice. They had, they had the conversation before the attack, and then they had the conversation after the attack. Um, so it's not really that she, because she's lost her dragon. It's, it's just that he suddenly doesn't like Danny and thinks she's crazy. And there was a lot of sexism in what he was saying. You know, like, oh, no, it's important that Jon Snow is a, is a man so that people will support him because we're going to need these lords' support. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be like, fair, he, had, he would have a better argument... Um, by saying that Jon Snow has that charisma and that country boy charm, which is a thing. I, I, to be fair, one of the greatest powers in the world is the ability to just make friends easily. Let's 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 be honest. Making allies and friends very easily that is better than any dragon, because having people back you, mm-hmm. just 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 without even trying is 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 fantastic. And if yeah. if Varys just just said that instead of just, you know, saying, "Well, you know, she seems a little crazy. Every ruler I've ever I've ever served that talked about destiny was crazy." And Tyrion even defends her in a in a fantastic way. She went into a fire, didn't die and came out with three baby dragons. Like, can you really blame her? Yeah. Can you really blame blame her for for thinking yeah, to be and, the dragon? Yeah, and one of one of one of the problems as well as as bringing up bring I mean, had Varys been saying, "Oh, the lords would never follow like a female ruler," first season, maybe I would have bought that. But they've been following Cersei for the past few seasons, and and it's it hasn't really been that much of a problem. I mean, she went and burned a sept and is a, is a woman not even in in the line of succession. Well, let me defend Cersei here. Um this is true. However, how did how did Cersei get Randall Tarly on her side? Promised to make him warden of the south. Yeah. Like and how did how did Cersei get Bronn to agree to this crap before, you know, the whole thing? Promised to give him River Run. Cersei, they probably don't want to follow her, but at least they're getting stuff out of it. Danny isn't right. really offering to give anybody anything at all, with the exception of Gendry, which I mean, I guess she should be. She should be trying to make alliances with people. She should be actually going out of her way. She should be doing what Sansa and John and Davos did. I mean, did John got six. Warden of the North, you know. Well, I mean, that—that's. That, I mean, if 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 you fuck the Queen, you should he was get king. something. He was king, right? Uh, yeah, but it just doesn't. It seems like the the, the kingdom is now used to female ruler used to a female ruler and um the other thing is is of course he he backed Viserys which makes no fucking sense you mm. know if you're gonna say oh I, she's too crazy you're like crazier than Viserys you know 
But what, what I was saying was, Danny should be doing what Sansa, Davos, and John did in season six, was go around gathering allies. Showing up with the dragon, showing that she can do this. Hmm. Yeah, but it, it seems like Danny kind of feel, like realizes that the end of the series is coming. She doesn't have the time to go around <laughs> and get allies. Unless you want to put in a five-year gap. <laughs> and speaking of the end of the series, at the end of the episode, we get a very brutal scene. The mountain beheads Missandei. By the way, uh, did you notice how uh, da- Dave and Dan uh, say her name? How do they say it? Missandei. An- <laughs> M- Miss Andy. Uh, oh, well. I mean, everybody, everybody pronounces things I don't know, Varys. What do you think about that? Do <laughs> you think it's Varys or, or Varys? I, I think it's Varys. Yeah, isn't that what everybody calls him, Varys? I don't think, I don't think everybody calls him anything. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody calls him something different. As long as it's not Pitar. Pitar Baelish, I think we're okay. Pat- yeah, Pitar. Pitar. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, if there were, if there were, this is the sad thing, right? About about Ilan Payne, if there were a time to bring that actor back, it would have been at the freaking scene that they're trying to parallel it to. <laughs> True. I mean, the actor's still around; he's still alive. Bring him back, you know. Have him be the headsman. At least say Ilan Payne died on, on, during like the attack on King's Landing in uh, season two. At least say that. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. But no, we get the uh, probably the dumbest scene. I would, I, I want to say this is probably close second. Uh, the first is Arya killing the Night King. That's the number one. This is close second. You have them right there. You have like forty ballistas trained on them. Right. Just shoot. And, they, and they're not very far. Like at first, you're like, well, maybe they're really far away, but they can hear Missandei say Dracarys, mm-hmm. right? And it, you know, I, I was I was sitting there looking at it. I was like, okay. If they open the gate right there, I suppose they could run for the dragon and Danny could get on her dragon and fly away and then her unsullied are killed. Right. Unless, you know, or a few unsullied could get on the dragon. Like Danny might be able to get away. Maybe she's right outside of ballista range, though on, on that ship, on Euron's fleet, the ballista range seemed freaking far. Mm-hmm. But say ballista range can't get reach that dragon, you know, they could at least send out people to kill her 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 guards you know but why have the dragon there in the background like what i would do is i would just show up at the unsullied and which by the way she has like 50 unsullied you just see that? you see that yeah, i know there was nothing there's nothing they could have they could have at least like opened the gates run out like danny would have made it back to her dragon but they would have captured Tyrion. you know well what i would do is i would have danny come out and then not don't she even show up with the dragon if they don't release Masande and they kill her, have the dragon swoop all the way down from up top at the very yeah. fucking top position. The ballistas can't like turn that like to do that and burn them all right there. Save the war. Boom. Done. Yeah. Have it come from the very top, so top, so up top that the sun blinds you if you try to look up. That is the thing. Yeah, just get right in the right in the path of the sun. Mm-hmm. Which is what it looked yeah. like she was doing in the preview when Euron is kind of like, you know, covering his eyes because he hears something in the distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it I don't know. The, the whole scene seemed CGI. It seemed fake. It seemed cheap. Mm-hmm. 
know? And I just don't like what they're doing with Cersei. That she's she's practically one now. Danny's forces are super depleted and exhausted. I didn't even see any Dothraki anywhere. When she came to the uh, Dragon Pit meeting, she brought her full force and obviously she doesn't have that anymore Cersei has barely exhausted anything I think Cersei has lost Casterly Rock and a good chunk of her forces during the Battle of the Caravan but apparently as long as she holds King's Landing she wins hmm? yeah it's weird as long as she holds the capital she can be she can you know and it's like well you know there's other times in history like you know where where people just had the capital like Rhaenyra just at the capital uh, during the Dance of the Dragons for six months. Um, and, it, you know, it didn't mean very much. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, they, they make a big deal out of that Iron Throne. Like, the physical Iron Throne, not even the title. I mean, it, it makes sense, though. It's why Stannis went for the capital first. He didn't prolong... The, he, he tried not to prolong the conflict. He wanted to get these people removed as soon as possible. Because... So he could, yeah, he could declare himself king. Right, and because holding have the, the throne... the upper hand on Renly, yeah. yeah. holding the throne really does count. So... Yeah. I guess that's what they were trying to do. But, no, that was just a really stupid... Cersei just comes off like a fucking Bond villain. It's so cringe... Like, killing your friend in front of you. Like, after she killed Masande, she should have just opened fire. That's true. And also, it. a lot of people said, like, you know, they were pointing out that isn't it weird that people washed up on the beach and none of them were captured or killed, but they somehow get this translator. You know, they don't get the, they don't get the general, Grey Worm. They don't get the advisors, Varys and Tyrion. They get the translator, the least important one. <laughs> Oh, and I love Tyrion's Tyrion's plan here. He goes, well, we shouldn't, you know, bathe everybody in dragon fire and have them burn alive, but we should have them slowly dying by starving them to death. By starving them to death, yeah. Uh. <sighs> so after I said, so on my video, I was like, has anyone ever done this in history? Like, like starved out a city to save the civilian population? And so a few people sent me like a couple times in history where this was actually done. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, fine. But... 99.9% of the time, <laughs> you just freaking attack the city. And let's be honest, though, because this is something that really kind of annoys me, is that Varys is clearly going to be the traitor. People, there have been, like, these asshole throne channels that have been making, like, who's the traitor in Danny's camp? How are you going to say who? You know who it is. You read the leaks. You and I... Yeah, no, I think, I think he's going to be... I think... Tyrion is going to turn him in and execute him. Right, which is weird because Danny should execute Tyrion. He's the biggest asshole. She's up, she's like, he's the biggest <laughs> asshole in the show right now. Like, I, like, I'll say Jon Snow's a douche for spilling the secret and, you know, not petting Ghost. And Cersei's a dumb asshole for not shooting them right there. But Tyrion has been fucking her over consistently throughout the series. Had she just done what Elena said and just be the dragon, all her forces yeah. would still be intact. She would have, you know wipe this out yeah a few people would have died but this is fucking warfare this we're not playing a game here well we are technically but you know yeah, this yeah. game is a deadly one so and you're i mean really like the smartest person in the show right now seems to be kyburn <laughs> he can just invent anything uh euron is euron is not you know i, I mean except for being fooled um, over Cersei's pregnancy, he's uh, he's doing pretty well for himself. It's a shame. Someone was telling me how like they didn't have, they should have had a scene where Tyrion knows she's pregnant. Like, and Euron, sh they just sh they should have a scene where Euron, the camera cuts to Euron going, "What? How does he know?" 
or yeah, eyebrow raise mm-hmm. or something. Eyebrow raise because that means that you know there's always a there's always a chance that he's gonna betray her. Blah blah blah. But yeah, overall, I I don't want to say the episode was a train wreck, but like they're really doing a lot of dumb things, and I feel like a, that's because they want to get to the finish line very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they. George gave them a bunch of plot points and they're like, well, we got to fit in all of these plot points. Mm-hmm. You know? That, like, it doesn't... And they're, they're, they're just jumping to these... They're jumping to these points and the characters don't have the right motivation to get there. Like the Hound going to King's Landing. Like, he doesn't... Since when does the Hound want to kill his brother now? Like, killing his brother is this abstract thing that he's been holding his entire life. Why now? Like, what has the what has the mountain done to to him recently? Right. Nothing. So. Mm. Oh, and before we wrap it up, uh, they did they did kind of close out very quickly. Uh, one plot line that was kind of in the shadows. Uh, the whole Lord of Light thing. There's a conversation between Tyrion and Davos about like what happens to Melisandre. What 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 did the Lord of Light do in all this? What was his purpose? What was the meaning of all it? And it just gets brushed under. Under the rug. Yeah, lampshaded, mm-hmm. right. He's like, who knows? Who knows? Well, Do you, everybody, well, that's it. People are speculating that Kinvara or other Lord of Light priests are going to come over. Because we did see, I think in season five, that there was a uh, fairly large group of people that were supporting Daenerys of Volantis. Um, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen any scenes, right? I mean, the idea, I mean, it, it could be, you know, they're losing the war and then... They're losing the battle, and then, yeah, Dario and Kinvara and all of these zealots from, from the east, like, arrive mm-hmm. and, and save Danny. Like, that could definitely be, be something. It could be. And, and, and quite frankly, I thought we were going to get an Avengers-style, like, final battle where uh, the new Prince of Dorne, Yara, Sweet Robin, all arrive with their forces, and they all, like, you know, commit forces. But I guess maybe the twist would be that they're all really committing their forces to John, but that wouldn't make any sense because yeah. Yara and then Danny tries. Danny tries to run for the throne, and they're like, they're like, okay, we'll get her through, and she's trying to make it. Cersei's trying to run for the throne. Whoever sits on the throne is queen. <laughs> what the fuck is this? What but did you I tell you? Like Stop running. making these predictions. What did I tell you? Stop it. <laughs> but no, like, the whole Avenger-style opening uh, 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 ending wouldn't make any sense because why would Yara or the new Prince of Dorne give a fuck about Jon Snow? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and the whole Danny going into the throne room, that is has, that has been foreshadowed back in Season 2 during the House of the Undying Vision. Yeah, it's true. But the, the, and the whole thing was destroyed, though. Mm-hmm. And it was snowing. Better start snowing. It's fucking, this is so awful, like, at the end of season seven, you know, the snows began to fall, and then this one, it's just sunny as fuck. It's like spring. I know. It's, it's oh, God. Oh, I know. Oh, Pre- Preston, you want to wrap oh, this man. up? All right, sounds good. Guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, leave your thoughts down below. If it sounds like we're defeated, it, it's kind of because we, just a tad bit, like, you would expect the final three episodes to be amazing. So I'm still holding my breath. I'm still, you know, hoping the final two episodes will be fantastic. But so far, season eight's at the midpoint already. It's 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 not as great as we thought it would be, but it's something. <laughs> it's, it's certainly something. It's uh, <laughs> it's always great. If you're gonna dumpster dive, maybe you can try to find you know something in there that's uh, that's worth of value. You know. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.